Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and spoilers for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? Fantastimundo. Yeah, man, I'm doing Flashtastic myself. We got a, a great episode to talk about tonight and a lot of awesome things happening. Want to welcome everybody who showed up. Uh, we got quite the crowd right here at Mixler.com slash where we broadcast live every single Wednesday night at 8 a.m. Central Standard Time. I don't know what that is, Eastern and Pacific and all that good stuff, but I know it's after Arrow for us, so that's that's why we do it like this. So 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 for anyone who's in a time zone later than Central, sorry. Yeah, it sucks for you guys. But hey, it's awesome for us, so we, yeah, yeah. we really appreciate it. But hey, that's that's what the podcast is for, man. That's what we're all about, you know. The live, the live, the live experience is fun though. I mean, we we're sitting here. We've got wonderful people in the guests, like Chris, like Lady J, like Green Caught Claw. Uh, we also have uh, guests from we, what we can only assume is the uh, CW network who have uh, joined us for our live show. So we appreciate you for being here. Yeah, got to be network executives. There's no other possibility. No other possibility whatsoever. So you know, they're they're headhunting for talent, and you know. Well, we've got Gorilla Grodd right here, man. Absolutely, uh, as well as any other role, because I am uh, a very. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what's the word? I have a large range when it comes to acting. Large range of acting and very low standards. So exactly. CW execs. <laughs> I also voice act. Uh, I'll pose nude under the right circumstances. If you're wearing a, a gorilla costume, the gorilla will pose nude, but you will actually be wearing the gorilla costume. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's for everybody's betterment. Uh, <laughs> man, we got a great show planned for tonight. Of course, before we get started, I want to let you guys know about our sponsors. Talk about the Brogues. The Brogues.com is your place to go to find an awesome weekly web comic that focuses around Cold Bro, Weather Bro, and Mirror Bro, three failed supervillains who are living their life in mediocrity. It's an awesome web comic that is uh, drawn and illustrated by one Mr. Matthew Bell, written by myself, and it's a lot of fun. We've just started a new arc where Cold Bro is about to go and try to get back into the dating game. So enjoy that. You can find it again at thebrogues.com. Also want to give a shout out to superherostuff.com. If you head over there and use the code FLASHTV, you get 10% off on your next order. That's superherostuff.com. All right, Bell, we've paid the bills. I say we go ahead and jump into it. The Rundown. All right. Episode three, Things You Can't Outrun, directed by Jess Warren. Story by Allison Shapker and... Okay, I'm going to say Grenay Godfrey. Grenay, I like Godfrey, but Grenay? Grenay? Or gra- uh, Grainy just sounds... It sounds like, uh, like... I'm gr- pronouncing it wrong. Granny goodness, right? Or Granny. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Granny goodness. <laughs> let's go with uh, let's go with Granny Godfrey and um, Godfrey. If we're messing that up, let us know. We'll we'll correct it on the next episode. Um, I do apologize. I'm bad with names. Oh, we're terrible with names. That's why Wait. you know. That's why we're here. That's why they pay us nothing whatsoever. That's why we're on our own sponsor, Bell. That's exactly that's why. That's exactly why. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Both of our names are kind of hard to pronounce anyway. So there's that. That's why they call us B and B. Go ahead and kick us off. What happened this episode? All right. As the police investigate the murder of one of the city's crime families, uh, Barry suspects that the killer may be a metahuman who can control poisonous gases. As Barry and Joe work to discover the killer's identity, Dr. Wells and his team work to retrofit the particle accelerator into a prison specifically for metahumans. This brings up the difficult feelings and memories for Dr. Snow, whose fiance, Ronnie Raymond, was killed when the accelerator exploded. Following another murder, Barry locates the killer, Kyle Nimbus, but is unable to subdue him. Barry discovers that Kyle does not control gases, but literally transforms his body into them. The team learns that Joe is Kyle's next target, and Barry races to Iron Heights Prison in time to save Joe's life. Barry forces Kyle to over 
overexert himself so that Barry can apprehend him without Kyle turning into mist. The team lock Kyle into their custom cell that is able to keep him from escaping. In a flashback to when the accelerator explodes, Dr. Wells is seen going into the hidden room and viewing the surveillance camera of Barry in the loft laboratory getting struck by lightning. So this episode, man, it was, I've got to say it right here and now, I have really loved every single episode we've gotten, the first two episodes that we've seen. This is by far my favorite episode. Yeah, it was really good. The uh, the, the bad really guy missed, um, you know, first of all, the whole green gas thing was uh, was a thing on Gotham this week too. Did you notice that? You know, I, I didn't see, I'm, I'm actually going to watch Gotham tonight. Uh, I I have to DVR. See, that's the thing, I, and I want to talk about this right now actually because yeah. it kind of makes me sad because uh, Tuesdays have traditionally been my uh, gaming nights forever. But it's either been Tuesdays and Wednesdays, but now we just kind of do Tuesdays. And so as a result, I haven't been able to live tweet Flash, which is probably why you haven't seen me tweeting on uh, the show when it comes live. So I, I watch it on a DVR, and uh, yeah, so I'm watching Gotham tonight so I can, okay. gotcha, so I can gotcha. see it and talk about it. But, but in, in case you guys are wondering why there hasn't been live tweets for me from the episodes. It's because I have a gaming group that I, you know, with my friends and we play stuff. So I don't want to like, you know, bail on those. No, man, that's, that's completely fine. You got it. You got your uh, commitments. You know, we should actually mention before we jump into really kind of our thoughts on the episode, a huge thank you to uh, Hunter camp from the Gotham podcast, uh, who stepped in. We gave him the keys to our Twitter account to live tweet the episode since neither of us were going to be able to live tweet. And uh, man, he just did a fantastic job. So uh, nothing caught fire. Dude, or exploded. I know. I right. You know, for uh, for the most part, everything was the same. He didn't return it with a full tank. That would have been nice. But you know, <laughs> for the most part, we did. Uh, we did okay. We really appreciate. The wheels it. were still on. Exactly. All right, man. So jumping straight in this episode, there are so many little hints and nods and like Easter eggy goodness. Like when they're first walking out of the movie theater, did you notice what was playing? Gosh, I I know I did when I watched it last night, but I can't remember right now exactly what it was. The Blue Devil. Now, Blue Devil is actually a uh, a a hero in the DC universe. Okay, I didn't catch that. What I was referring specifically to that I remembered was they went to the theater and it was called The Vogue. And oh I yeah, remember, yeah. I remember like if I was live tweeting this, you know what I would have typed? The Rogue. The Vogue. More like the Rogues. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, was, uh, those, I, I, that's got to be intentional, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I also loved that uh, <laughs> Flash Museum. Yeah, yeah, dude. There's so many times. Like, if I had a if I had a dollar for every time I was like, ha ha, like every time one of those kind of things popped up, I'd have like seven or eight dollars. You know what the great like, thing is about this show, though? It's awesome. Well, I mean, yes, but it's not when you get these little Easter eggs and like Barry saying, "Well, it's not like I'm asking for a museum." Like, they're not just doing that just to be ha ha, nudge nudge, wink wink. There's a Flash Museum in the comics. It's because one day there will be a Flash Museum in this television show. Yeah. Like that's that every single check they write, they intend to like cash in. I'm so excited about that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, dude, I got to tell you vibe. I know last, I know last episode I said that, you know, I, I went first episode. I was stalker vibe this time. Uh, second episode. I was starting to like him this episode. I'm back to not liking him anymore. Really? Yeah. Like I thought he did. A, I thought he did a good job. This okay. Episode, this man. is terrible. This is going to make me sound like an old man, but I kind of don't like his whole he needs to get a haircut and tuck his shirt down. <laughs> that that that's your complaint? I don't know, man. He's got that whole like I don't care vibe, and that's you know I I don't know. I dude, I, I feel it, man. You know, I I work I work for a startup company, and it's you know very loose and laid back, and so I I like that, man. I I dig that vibe. Well, and I get, get it. I get the I, I, I dig that vibe. I know. With yes, <laughs> I get it. Did you did you see what I did you see what I did there? Yeah, no, I I got it. I was picking up the vibes. Uh, 
Are you okay? <laughs> I get that the idea is that Caitlin is supposed to be this like strict, you know, by the straight book, laced. straight yeah. laced, and then Vibe is the complete solar opposite to that. But solar opposite? Well, let's say polar opposite. There we go. Complete polar opposite to that. But I just, I don't know, man. I, I keep, I, I think I need both of them to kind of meet somewhere in the middle. I, I, I kind of like the whole differences between the two. I think it adds a very unique dynamic and something that, that you'd actually kind of see. Like, you know, you, you see that kind of stuff in the workplace. You're always going to have your straight laced people and you're always going to have your laid back people. And I, I think that's what provides an interesting dynamic between the two. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, um, Brintak in the chat is pointing out that, you know, Vibe definitely shows that he, he can have a serious moment. And we do get that payoff with the two of them stopping and, and talking about it. And I guess maybe that's what it is. It, I don't know if the idea is that the vibe we see is that he's just so in your face, not in your face, but he's just so flippant and so loosey goosey because like deep down he's more serious or well, I, I feel that's how he's dealing with it. You think so? Like I, I think he's a happy go lucky guy. And I think just that's the way he's dealing with, with this catastrophe. Cause like he's got a huge weight on his shoulders. Like yeah. I, I thought like Brentak said, uh, uh, you know, he definitely showed his serious moments and, th- and that was absolutely right. Like, you know, he had some, some very dramatic stuff in this episode and I thought like it, it showed off his range and it also showed a lot more about the character that this is how his happy go lucky attitude is how he deals with problems. Yeah, no, I, I can, I can get that. What did you think about the whole him being responsible for actually killing Firestorm? Uh, well, see, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's one of those that like, that's a tough call to make, but it was the right call. Oh yeah, no, I, and that's the thing. I like that. I like that. Well, for one thing, yes, you're exactly right. That was a tough call, and he made it. But I kind of like the fact that it wasn't so weighted on him. Like, I, I mean, we get that it kind of built up to that, but in the moment, it's not like he was like you know trying to wait a couple of extra seconds, just hoping he would get there. I mean, he was on the dot, you know, very scientific, very methodical about it, and shut the door. Yeah, he made a promise, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't know, man. I, I want to see, I, I think I want to see Vibe evolve a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and and I, I think this episode, he did exactly that. All right. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. I think there's fodder here and I think we got moments, but. He, he showed a side of himself that we hadn't seen before, which which is by definition character development. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. I'll, <laughs> look, I'm going to give him more episodes. I, I'll, I'll get to kind of why maybe I'm still having some issues with Vibe. Uh, and it's because you're an old man. No, you're sitting on your porch, shaking your fist at him. It's not. It's really not that. I, I, I was. Jo- <laughs> I was joking about that earlier. Really, what it comes down to is that this show doesn't have a Felicity, and I think that Felicity, when she shows up next week, which I know we'll talk about way later on in the episode, but um, I think that that's going to add something that the show desperately needs. And when she leaves, I'm going to feel like pain that she's not part of the equation here. And well, so, so I, okay, again, you know, I, I'm not. I've seen several episodes of Arrow, but I'm I'm not up to date with everything. What is it that Felicity brings to Arrow that that, that, that is not present on Flash? You'll see next week, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that more. Uh, so, really, kind of the the heart of this uh, of this episode really kind of revolves around this moment that they flashed back to with uh, Ronnie, uh, you know, being exploded. I suppose we don't really necessarily know what happens. Uh, from you know, for all intents and purposes, we know that he is becoming or will become. Uh, one half of what will be Firestorm. But ultimately, as as far as Team Flash goes, they believe that he's dead. And yeah. so, you know, that's kind of where the heartstrings are. And we get to see Caitlin really dealing with this uh, and really being kind of more human than we have actually seen her on screen before. 
Yeah, because she's always been really, really cold. No pun intended. She's been a psychopath, dude. Yeah, just like really, you know, distant and emotionally just not there. And, you know, now we have this opportunity to see that she actually, you know, she's really traumatized by this thing. You know, we got the hint, like a little quick hint in the first episode that there could be some sort of chemistry between the two, her and Barry. Yeah. And honestly, after the second episode, I didn't think that was going to happen. I was like, all right, no, 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 she's a psycho. This is not going to work out. But honestly, the scenes they had together were really touching. I, I thought, you oh, yeah. know, I could actually see a relationship of some sort and maybe not even a full on romantic relationship, but some kind of relationship uh, happening between these two characters. And uh, and that that's kind of what I'm talking about. I, I like seeing I like the humanizing of the two, you know, of, of Vibe and Killer Frost. You know, I, again, they're polar opposites, but I like Spoilers. them to be. This. No, it's not. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't know that Caitlin becomes Killer Frost, you, uh, you're not. You, what we've mentioned that before, haven't we? Uh, yeah, probably. I don't know, man. <laughs> At least in the comics, that's what happens. Yeah. So, so yeah. technically, technically, yeah. No, we haven't spoiled anything. Point being, though, that I like to see um, these two extremes to be more humanized, and I guess we got that on both ends this this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I yeah, and, and, and the, when I first saw you know Barry uh, and, and the the Caitlin kind of thing starting to happen, at first I was worried they're going to take that like you know creepy sort of oh, oh gosh what's the term when somebody like tries to swoop in right after somebody else is broken up and rebound yeah like like Barry's going for this rebound thing but they they that was immediately dude squashed Barry just, is like anti player he would never like he wouldn't even know how to rebound. Yeah, I, I know, and, and that's the thing. Like, that's why that's why I thought it was great because, like, I'm sitting there thinking, "Oh God, they're not going to make Barry be this like rebound dude, are they?" That's just that's not Barry. No. And they didn't do that. They, like, it was very sweet and very heartfelt, and he was genuinely concerned about her. Yeah. Because like that that was the best part when you know they're sitting there like Harrison was like, "Come on, we're going down to the particle thing," and she's all like, "But but but," and he's Barry's like, "Hey, how about the." Uh, you know, you come with me instead and not go to this traumatic hellhole that your fiance died in. <laughs> I know. <laughs> hey, we're going to go down to the place that your fiance died. Want to come with us? Yeah. Yeah. Why would you and have like, a problem just, with that? Yeah. And, and I was like, dude, that's so great. And they, and they, uh, you know, they did a very, very good job of, of not making, uh, of just showing how human Barry is and how just receptive that he is to, to people and, and that he genuinely cares. When he takes her to the loft retory and they kind of have those, uh, that, quick moment to moment and she gets a chance to see uh his uh his world right like <laughs> watch him get pooped on by everybody in the exactly <laughs> and it's great too because you know i didn't really think about the fact that you know team flash or star labs or whatever we want to call them uh that they're really kind of disconnected from barry's life like his his outside life yeah and so you know here they are seeing this man dealing with you know becoming a superhero and then you step into it, and it's like, Barry, get me this. You never get it on time. I hate you. you. Clean up your lab. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah. So we get a chance to see um, Eddie's picture on Kate, or on uh, <laughs> Iris's phone, mm-hmm. which I loved, because we've all been there where you hold up the phone and be like, hey, look at this, and then somebody calls, and all you see is their picture that you have. And it's especially awesome when you have like an awkward picture of that person. Oh, yeah. Your- ring for them well you know i mean honestly from the from the get-go iris is literally waving around you know rubbing her relationship with eddie in barry's face well inadvertently at first i mean it's happening yeah well yeah what do you think about papa joe actually you know being cool with that 
uh, it makes perfect sense. Like, I was going to be very angry at this show if they made it where, like, he's like, what, you're dating? I'm angry. It's like, he's a detective. Come on. Well, not. I mean, besides that, he's a dad. I mean, like, you know, and he's not he's not a bad dad either. Right. I, I think, you know, sure, he might be he might be a little concerned more than anything else, because as a father, you know, your your daughter's dating your partner that could cause some some problems I could see. And, mm. I, and that's what he says. Like, this is going to be complicated. And I, I think I think they handled it well. Uh, I don't think, you know, I, I'd been kind of mad if they're like, oh, I didn't know you're dating my daughter, even though, like, I'm, you know, a really good detective on the police force and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it's just not that it's not, you know, that's not the storyline to go with one way or the other. But I, I do I do like that that kind of, you know, sneaking around aspect is out of the way. Yeah. Um, and who knows, maybe sometimes when the sneaking around is out of the way, the relationship starts to fall apart because that's what was, you know, kind of the spark that was holding it together. Well, I don't think that's the case in this one because it was very apparent that uh, Eddie was just done with the whole sneaky bit. You know, what do you think about him not believing in the streak? You know, that's 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 kind of a that's kind of weird, right? It's well, I, I mean, I don't know. There's all these eyewitness accounts of crazy stuff that happens and maybe he's just too uh, like out of touch with, I don't know, maybe see, like, how would you not if, I mean, there's all these reports of these things like crazy well, stuff happening. I mean, okay. So we, we need to, you know, make the assumption that there's been no other metahumans that we've seen thus far other than exactly what we've seen thus far. Right. And from the standpoint of the, you know, the cops and kind of the world, they don't know. They don't know that weather wizard was out there causing the tornado. They don't know that, um, you know, clone high guy was you know out there well right right they don't know those things but there's still weird circumstances surrounding all of those cases how did a a tornado show up inside a bank oh yeah no there's a lot that's going around that that's without you know that's got people scratching their heads but you know i think you have people are going to be skeptical until they actually see things firsthand so i i do buy that he doesn't believe it um but at the same time i just don't know how much longer uh, Barry and team can kind of keep what's going on from the public. Yeah. Like uh, m- my assumption would be him being a detective that he'd be more willing to accept those kind of things and kind of like tr- try himself to figure out what's going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, th- I, I figure as, you know, as a detective, it would be my responsibility or not really responsibility, but I, I think it would pique my interest to, try and look into this kind of stuff to try, especially since he doesn't believe in it to try to, to try to uh, debunk it. Right. Yeah. Man. Like that's what any skeptic would go into that situation saying, uh, a guy running really fast. Yeah. I don't know. And so they try to debunk it. Right. He's just, he just completely just doesn't care and doesn't believe in it. And like, it's, it's kind of weird for a detective to take that attitude in my opinion. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Although we don't know how, how good of a detective he is since the only success that we've seen is actually as a result of Barry, which by the way, most of their department is actually taking credit for Barry's work. And yeah. so that's the other factor too, right? I mean, even though the cops aren't seeing who's doing it, they're still taking credit for something that's clearly being done. Yeah, like the two cops who uh, were chasing the guy and then, <laughs> and then he winds up in the back of their car. Yeah, and then, by the way, not not the best move on Barry's part, right? Because, I mean, you know, who's driving the car? Yeah, it just crashes, kills <laughs> yeah. like, you know, 15 orphans or exactly. something like that. <laughs> that was, uh, it, I love the fact that even though we've got a Flash in full costume – and, uh, and, you know, full-on power set, we, we're still seeing a Barry Allen who is not used to being a superhero. And so he is constantly making mistakes. And he is constant like, he gets out, you know, last week when he said, I'm not a warrior. And then this week he gets out there and he's making, 
you know, this is not a seasoned flash who's going up against these guys. This is a, this is somebody who like just learned that he could run fast and he's discovering what that means. Yeah. Uh, and he's not, he's not a fighter. He will be, he's getting there. And with every single episode and every single battle, it's making him more and more, you know, the, uh, the justice league level flash that, uh, that we will all know and love. But, uh, yeah, no, he, he's not there yet. And this character missed, what did you think about him? Uh, I thought it was the, the thing about mist that really made me happy because this is, this is all I was thinking about. This guy turns himself into mist and as he's going like, as he's killing the, the, the first time we see him kill the, the crime family, I'm sitting there. It's like, they're going to identify this guy because there's going to be like his DNA inside these other people. Mm, good catch. And like, that's the first thing that I thought I was like, that's really cool. I, I really hope they do this. I don't think they will, but if they do that, that would make me really happy. And they did. And I was like, sweet. So granted, there's a lot of like, as, as, as Hunter says, OMG science moments in this episode. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, that, that we'll, we'll probably talk about later. That was the one thing that actually kind of made me happy. Cause yes, there, there's like parts of this guy that are inside other people because he, he went into the lungs and I'm sure like, you know, not all of it's going to escape out. Right. Right. And so I thought that was really cool. I liked how they did that. And I liked how they addressed it. Yeah, no, it's it's good. You know, there are kind of the scientific elements that Barry is a bit more equipped from that angle to to handle than most people would not. But it got me as I was watching. I was thinking about because you have to. I was thinking about the comparison to uh, Arrow, and specifically when we see Oliver return from the island in the first episode, he's not a hero. He's not, you know, he is not the Green Arrow. Uh, but he is like fully, you know, prepped. He's fully trained. He is a fighter. He is a warrior. He can actually go out and do the street warfare. He's he's trained for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Here we see just completely the flip side of it. We've got a Barry Allen who is decked out in superhero guard with the right mindset and the right attitude. He is a hero. He is ready to be a hero, but he is not a fighter. Um, yeah. But you're exactly right. Even though the science is uh, somewhat ridiculously crazy. Uh, it, he, there's nobody else more equipped for ridiculously crazy science than Barry Allen. Yeah. Like what was the thing that HG Wells said where he's like, like, uh, gas is the weakest form of matter. I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) gas is a high energy form of matter. It's it's, it's got a lot of energy in it. That's why it's a gas because it bounces around and stuff. Oh my God. Science. Yeah. I I was, yeah, there, there, there is a lot of those, of those like OMG science eye roll moments. And, uh, I, uh, but, but it's, it's cool though. Cause like they don't bother me in this show as much as they do in other things. Cause no. it's a superhero. Yeah. Show, you and know? you know, as we pointed out from episode one, everything that we understand about physics is going to change. Everything about physics did. So, you know, they've covered themselves. Yeah. But, but speaking of HG Wells during the flashback, he did make mention of the fact that he feels like he's been waiting centuries for yeah, this moment. And I was like, what's up Eobard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Can you right. make it any more, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Could it be any more obvious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, no. Okay, so so let's talk about this. Uh, the Eobard theories and thoughts are constantly going in. You know, we made that, you know, Who is Harrison Wells video months ago, and every single episode that continues to get, like, more and more hits because people are constantly, you know, seeking it out. Fortunately, we made the call back then that he was – or I made the call back then <clears throat> that he was going to be uh, that he was going to turn into Eobard or he would you know actually be Eobard undercover. I still stand by that. And that's definitely what they're pushing for. And actually the more they push directly towards that, it makes me kind of question myself, but I still stand by it. Cause I do think that's the direction we're going in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about right. Yeah. Um, so they have this great idea. They decide that, you know, these uh, meta humans keep popping up and a guy that turns into mist is going to get past jail bars pretty quick and so they decide to keep them in Star Labs. Now, this this brings up two 
things for me. First thing is they explicitly state that everyone that they had met up until that point has died. Yes, yes, they did. So that kind of confuses me. Well, I mean, we've seen them. I mean, as you pointed out last episode, we've seen uh, the the villains that we've seen. Uh, Clyde got shot twice, and Multiplex fell off the building, and we saw a dead body on the ground. Yeah, because uh, the, the the shots that hit Clyde Martin were not center mass. It didn't look like. So yes, I, I could probably say I, like that. That that's what I was thinking. Okay, he's he's alive somewhere, maybe. But now they've kind of confirmed that he's not. So I'm kind of curious about some things that I'll probably talk about here in the spoiler section. That sounds like a good place to talk about them. Good. So stay <laughs> tuned for some spoilery things. Yes, indeed. All right. So so, but getting the back se- to yeah, the second thing. Second thing. They're using their own home base as this <laughs> metahuman prison, which I thought was very interesting because uh, I was kind of hoping what they'd do is they'd, you know, take the whole uh, not Blackgate. Uh, Bell Rev. Bell Rev. They take the whole Bell Rev approach and then we'll see Amanda Waller come in uh, as the administrator of the superhero prison or something like that. Well, but remember a couple things here. These are not these are not people or individuals and with power sets that are being recognized by the public. So that is true. Really, what this is, I mean, it's it, it's kind of like that episode in uh, South Park where um, Cartman goes around uh, rallying up hippies and uh, and putting them in his basement. <laughs> That's essentially what's going on here, except instead of hippies, it's metahumans. Instead of Cartman, it's the Flash. Instead of the well, actually, the basement part is actually pretty much spot on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, this is a terrible, terrible idea, and it reminds me a lot of the uh, graphic novel Kingdom Come. Are, have you ever read that? It's been years, and it just reminds me that I kind of want to reread it. Oh, it's a beautiful one. It was uh, illustrated by Alex Ross. It's just this gorgeous, gorgeous graphic novel, uh, and it takes place in an alternate future where Superman took a step back from being a superhero, and the world kind of had to adjust, and and basically all of the heroes of old have retired, and it's brought up this new generation of heroes that are basically, you know, causing fights in the streets, and it's mass pandemonium, and like uh, Magog does something. Yeah, all craziness. But what they end up doing is when Superman returns, not the movie, he <laughs> actually uh, he actually rounds up all these supervillains and even some superheroes who are not willing to get kind of in line with his, you know, his modus operandi. And he puts them all into this one super prison. And what ultimately ends up happening is that super prison can't contain just this power level and it ultimately will explode and unleash a war between supervillains and superheroes that is set to destroy the entire world. Um, and t- unless other things happen, I don't want to spoil the entire graphic novel. But... Thanks, Superman. Well, <laughs> so here we have, again, our uh, our Superman analog here in this universe. We have the Flash now starting to round up these supervillains uh, and put them all in this one place. And not only that, Bell, he's actually doing this without any kind of authority. There's no judge. There's no jury. Uh, no even recognition that these guys are the ones committing their crimes. This is just Barry and his buddies putting them in the basement. Yeah, but I mean, there, there's definitely, I mean, it's not like they're just guesstimating that this is the guy. He admits it and he, you know, yes, yes, it, 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 he is violating all sorts of, you know, laws by, you know, and the Constitution and all that kind of stuff. Uh, by, you know, imprisoning these people without due process and like habeas corpus and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but this is the safest place for those people. And what, 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 what I'd like to see is once the metahuman thing kind of comes public and all these things happen, is that like, you know, how are you going to put that guy on trial? Right. I mean, <laughs> you could freeze him. Right. Well then he, I mean, he can't stand trial because he's not 
fit for Charlie. It's frozen. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, you could put them in a glass box. Yeah, I mean, what they'd have to do is they'd have to take that little containment box and put it in the courthouse. And yeah. so, you know, <laughs> my, my, my hope is that they're eventually going to address that and say, okay, well, yeah, you know, these people have had their, you know, constitutional rights revoked. Dude, one way or the other, this is going to blow up in their face. It's either going to blow up in their face literally, or it is going to blow up there in their face once, like, as you're saying, as it becomes public that these people have done uh, these things and can do these things. And oh, by the way, we've just been kind of keeping them underneath the city. Like that, that's going to be a problem for the public. Yeah. Yeah. When they're like, oh, where are these people going? Oh, no, don't worry. You know, that particle accelerator that exploded. Yeah. We're, we're housing them there. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> 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 oh, man. And I was actually kind of surprised to learn that the particle accelerator was so big. I thought we were talking about something the size of a coffee table. Yeah. Uh, the, the building itself looks a whole lot smaller than the actual accelerator ring yeah which makes me happy because particle accelerator rings are huge okay like we're talking about miles and miles and miles gotcha gotcha um, like the one in cern the the large hadron collider right right is, right right let me, I'm, I'm gonna pull up some stats so i don't sound ignorant here I'm, honestly you sound more knowledgeable than me because i thought this was like kind of a made-up thing and the idea was that you know that this is like i said about the size of a coffee table and it does something no, the, I mean, these things are, are miles and miles and miles long. It is 17 miles in circumference. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And I guess the one in, under Star Labs actually goes around in a circle? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a big, big circle. So you saw the walls were curved and stuff, right? Right. Yeah, so so that that's the idea is the, the beam goes around that circle. All right, getting back to it, though. Um, yes. You know, one thing, I, I know we've already kind of talked about Firestorm and, uh, and Killer Frost, but uh, there was a mention that she was talking back about how he used to say that she was... Uh, they were like ice and fire. Yeah. <laughs> Loved it. Like, ni- yeah. nice little nod there. That was a really great one. You mentioned, too, that Barry actually goes, he finds Mist, he inhales him in order for them to get this DNA sample, and basically they reenact the scene from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, and I hate needles, too. I had to I had to look away. Well, what's funny, though, is like I, they, they didn't use a big enough needle to get like a really good uh, sample. Like They should have used a, one of those like huge needles because of, like you know you're wanting a tissue sample right so you got like jab a bigger gauge needle ah, the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i am not a fan of needles sir <laughs> yeah it's funny like cisco's like yeah you know don't worry your metabolism super fast you'll heal really quick it won't hurt and caitlin's like yeah it's gonna hurt a lot <laughs> <laughs> but not as bad as the time that barry smoked which by the way kid cigarettes are very bad for you yeah yeah apparently much- barry you know lived life on the edge in high school <laughs> That's really funny. It's like the time he smoked cigarettes. The time he smoked a, a cigarette. Cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you something, man. Even though Barry in high school was uh, was quote unquote quite the rebel, uh, Barry as an adult is actually fairly rebellious. He has, you know, he's been a shoplifter, and in this episode, he starts to plan a prison break. Yes. What are we thinking about this? Well, like I, I was sitting there thinking, I I kind of thought about that. You know, the last couple episodes, I was like, why, you know, why doesn't he just break his dad out? It's like he could do it in literally a split second. You can't break. Even I mean, he can't do that. I I know the whole superhero thing is the idea is that you're out acting outside the law anyway for the cause of justice. So I I do get that from that standpoint. But still, no, I don't think he ever would. No, 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 no. no. I'm just saying, like, why hasn't he thought of this? And I'm so glad they addressed it because it's one of those things where it's like, you know, he can do this thing. The fact that they're talking about it and they're bringing it to light just 
shows uh, it, it was just it was a great character development moment for me for for Barry. Yeah. And I was just I was so excited that they did that because it, it shows that like he's not this it, just just like a lot of people's complaints with Superman is that he is the big blue boy scout right. and he's never wrong and he never has a wrong thought in his head and and he's always perfect and 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 righteous and just and it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, showing this this side of Flash, sure, Flash is always hopeful and he's always but like there's there's this other side where you know he realizes that yes, I have these powers, but he had the Spider-Man moment with great power comes great responsibility, right? right? So it's not right. It's not just for him to abuse those powers. Yeah. Barry, and that's just a huge character development moment that was great. This Barry has been uh has gone into Speederman a couple of times in that uh, in that regard for sure. Speederman? Well, Peter Parker, Spider Man, Speederman. Oh, speed. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, um, Speeder Man was some like comic book character that was obscure that I had no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I love that when he actually had to go in there to save Papa Joe, he mentioned that you know he's been plan- he's been like figuring out how to break in and out of that prison for what do you say, ten years since he was eleven years old. Yeah, I mean like that. It speaks to who Barry was prior to knowing him, and you know, like as you say, that this is something that's kind of been boiling over, and now he finally has the ability to do it. Something he's been dreaming of his entire, you know, most of his life. Yeah. Um, also, big moment when he does go in and he saves Papa Joe. It's interrupting a really, really epic scene where we get the two, you know, my two dads coming together and having this moment uh, where Joe is saying, like, "Look, I'm on. I, I, basically apologizing." Yeah, like that, dude. There, there are so many uh, uh, like powerful moments in this episode. You know, like like very uh, emotional moments. Yeah, absolutely. And like that was definitely one of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, the um, I I was interested to see Barry's dad that when he comes to the window, just how angry he was at Joe. Oh gosh, yeah. I and that's something that I I kind of was a little bit taken back from because I mean obviously Joe's been caring for Barry, and I know that you know, his father's really appreciative of that, but man, I never really thought about the fact, you know, when you see that flashback or not even flashback, when you see the scene from the video where he's screaming at the, you know, screaming at the camera for Joe to come in and tell him that he didn't kill his wife. Yeah. And then of course, you know, Joe doesn't believe that at all. Joe believes that he totally killed his wife. Yeah. He's like, your fingerprints are all over the murder weapon. He's like, I had to stabilize the knife. I'm a doctor. He's like, Joe, come on, help me out here. And he's like, Nope. By the way, I don't know if you notice this bell, but the voice of the person interrogating him, did that sound familiar to you? Uh, I don't recall. Okay, go back and re-listen to that because it sounds a lot like Tom Cavanaugh, a.k.a. H.G. Wells. Now, I'm not saying it is. Obviously, you know, that seems like that would be something that would be caught by Papa Joe, but the voice does sound a lot like Harrison Wells. Yeah, I'm going to have, yeah, because like, Papa Joe would definitely notice that. I would think so, but you never know. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Uh, also, in the, I mean, in the prison where he's uh, he's being held is not exactly the best prison, as you recall from last episode. There was that no touching, and then like you know there was total touching the rest of the entire scene. Yeah, he's like, don't touch him. Okay, I'll let you hug him for five minutes. Yeah, and then hold him back for a second when he wants to run out the door. Like, come on. Yeah. No, that 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 doesn't work. You do get that great moment though. So Flash comes in, saves Papa Joe, looks up at his dad, and blurs his face. Yep. Dude, that was awesome. So that's a great nod. The first thing that I actually jumped to was uh, that that's something that Superman actually used to do, and uh, you know, he's mentioned before that when people looked at his face, he would. Uh, blur himself so quickly so that they wouldn't quite get a, a read on him. But actually, that technique dates back to the original Flash, Jay Garrick. Mm. Yeah, and something, because as you might recall, Jay Garrick doesn't really wear a mask. He just has the cap. 
And yeah. so the idea is that he would, you know, vibrate his face so fast that nobody would actually be able to see who he actually was. Ah. I know. So great, great nod. Uh, really, really awesome use of uh, Flash's powers in that moment. And, I mean, hey, it's it's Flash seeing Flash for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. It's like Flash on Flash. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, in the end, Barry saves the day. They were able to uh, capture... Uh, missed and bring him not necessarily to uh, the court of justice, but they do bring him to uh, to uh, justice. Period. Yeah, just regular justice. Yeah, just regular now, justice. Dude, the 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 the, the uh, visual effects for the mist, fan freaking tastic. Fantastic, man! I thought those were great. Yeah, that was incredible. Like that's the thing. You know, last week's um, yeah, the the special effects were really good last week too, but nothing like this. They really upped the ante. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know it's funny. Like I heard some people complaining uh, in the what? pilot that the visual that the visual effects were bad. And I was like, "What are you talking about? Like the Weather Wizard stuff was awesome. That was incredible. What were they talking about? Yeah, I had no idea. Just like this mist, like it was very fluid and 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 it looked great. Like I thought, I was very impressed by the visual effects this episode. Yeah, no, me me too, man. It looked uh, looked awesome. I loved how he was able to you know either he would either mist himself right, and so he still kind of you know he maintained like the color of his clothes and everything. Yeah. Uh, or he would, when he was poisoned, he was green. And when he kind of spread out and became like fog, that was awesome. So I, I really, really awesome kind of color palette in the midst of his mist as well. Yeah. Now, does does anyone in the chat know? Because I, I don't know the answer to this. Is is uh, uh, hydrogen cyanide, when it's a gas, is it green? I'm, I would or is that just your classic, like, green gas is poison that trope that's, you know, everywhere? <laughs> well, I mean, it's a visual thing, man. You know, if, if it's green and it's gas, then it's bad. Yeah, and, and that's funny because, you know, we're going to go to some other planets here in the future and there's going to be green gas around and we're like, don't breathe that. That's bad when it's actually like the key to, you know, immortality or something like that. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> could be. All right. So um, the biggest man tears moment for me in this entire episode is when we actually see Barry sitting down with his dad and that story about when he was growing up and he yeah. wasn't walking and the rest of the kids were walking and have especially like being here with like recently with my daughter. And, you know, constantly feeling like, oh, she doesn't do this yet. And my wife was always kind of saying, like, you know, she's going to get there. So, like, it really I, – I connected with this from a relative, you know, or being able to kind of relate to that that fear and that mindset of a, of a father who's dealing with that. But then he brings it home and he's like, he, you know, you ran you ran to your mom because yeah. you had somewhere to go. Dude, I and mean – Big time. <laughs> that was. I had so much stuff in both of my eyes. <laughs> so much sawdust. I don't know where it came from. Yeah, and it's weird because I, I had a similar sort of thing when I was growing up. I didn't talk uh, when I was a baby. What? Uh, Seriously? Yeah, like when when I first started talking, I started talking in complete sentences. I, I talk. I started talking later than uh, than normal. But when I started talking, I I would I would speak in complete sentences. Oh man. As opposed to be like you know. Da, ba, ba, you know, baby talk or whatever. I would, I would, I didn't speak unless I had something to say. Oh man, that's, that's beautiful. Grant Gustin though, in that scene just knocked it out of the park. Both of them did actually. John Wesley Shipp and Grant Gustin did excellent jobs. Uh, oh yeah. Grant's uh, like, you know, Teary loses it right there at the end. And <laughs> I just thought he did a, 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 both of them did a very convincing job relaying those emotions. Oh man, it was good. It was good. So uh, overall, of course we do end up with seeing uh, our boy H2 Wells with the whole watching the uh, scene from the loft Pretori, you know, as if it was all planned. 
Dude, I'm loving these little H.G. Wells moments at the end of every episode. Are you? Okay, good. Because I I go back and forth. Like, I, you know, now it comes to the point where I'm expecting him. What evil thing are we going to see H.G. do <laughs> at well, the end I, of this I'm episode? I'm not even seeing it for that because, like, it's, you know, we, we have these, um, I, I dare say, freak of the week kind of things going on. Oh, I'm dude, enjoying that's a, them. That's exactly what this is. We don't need to, we don't need to candy coat it and we don't need to pretend it's nothing different. This is extremely freak of the week. And I have no problem with that, but that is exactly what it is. And it's, it, it really is more of a successor to Smallville than any other superhero show from that aspect, because it's the whole, you know, accelerator, particle expel- accelerator explosion, plus whatever you were doing at the moment of the explosion equals, you know, you and your power set which is very much like Smallville with wherever you were at the point of the meteor shower, whatever you were doing equals your power set. Yeah. But the thing is though, I I'm not too, that doesn't bother me though. No, not in the slightest. I mean, I like, I knew it was going to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that's cool about it though, is that, you know, these little HG Wells moment at the end kind of, uh, cause so like, you know, the, the freak of the week story starts, the freak of the week story ends. And then HG Wells comes back and says, Hey guys, remember there's this like overarching crazy thing that like you all want to know about and i'm teasing everything every episode mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, i'm really enjoying that like I, I i'm liking the this piecemeal reveal of the of the overarching yeah story look without question he's eobard the real question is what is he doing and why yes yes and so that's that's interesting and actually there's some fun things that um we have not picked up about and uh, that are that were picked up by other listeners. And we'll get to that and feedback here in just a minute. But first, man, we got a couple of news items. Any other thought about this episode before we uh, move on? Dare I say best so far? Oh, I would absolutely say best so far. Yeah. yeah they knocked it out so. of the park without yeah. question. News flash. All right, man. The flash gets a full season order. Uh. I mean, I don't even know why we were considering this news. Of course, it got a full season order. <laughs> it look, man, it's a big deal. The fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter how good a television show is; it could see an untimely death. It's happened over and over again. I mean, gosh, Firefly, um, Family Guy, even was uh, killed off after only three seasons before making its its you know return triumphant to, debut or not debut re debut or something. I don't know. Uh, return to mediocrity. Family Guy was never quite as good as those first three seasons, but. Uh, and then also, yeah, actually, recently I was getting into this. This is why I mentioned it earlier uh, and kind of squeezed it in. But I started rewatching Clone High, which was a cartoon that came out. Oh, I love Clone High. Clone High was so good, dude. So good. I era. <laughs> Pons. <laughs> no, it was Ponzi. Oh, oh yeah. Pons, Pons, Pons de Leon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was dressed up as the Fonz or acted like the Fonz. Gosh. Dude. That was such a great show. Okay, quick side note. Uh, the creators of that show were also the creators of the Lego movie. Really? Yes. And in fact, in that scene, have you watched the Lego movie? You know, I haven't yet. Oh, you got to watch it. It's so Oh, good. I know. I, I hear great things. It's fantastic. But but in that movie, there's a Lego Abraham Lincoln that is voiced by the same actor that played uh, the clone of Abraham Lincoln in Clone oh, High. Oh, that's amazing. Isn't that great? That's very good. There's been there's been rumblings about maybe doing a Clone High movie at some point. Okay, we'll talk about that later. All right. Uh, <laughs> we, what were we talking about? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah, the full season. So yeah, no man, I hear what you're saying, but it, I mean, it is a big deal. This is a confirmation. It's good that we've got this locked down. I hear you. It's not surprising in terms of quality, but it is a good, good thing to hear. Well, and here's the thing that's interesting to me is I always thought for hour long TV shows that uh, 13 episodes was usually a season, but this is a full 23. Oh yeah, man. That's, uh, that's been the way that's been the way for quite some time now for, for like CW shows or for all TV shows? Well, definitely for CW shows. I mean, uh, it's not, okay. yeah, I think it depends on the network from that angle, but, uh, but yeah, 
When it comes to yeah. prime time, if it's an hour long show, you generally are going to get a full, you know, 20 something episodes. Cool. Cool. Also in the news for our Flash TV Talk fans, that's not true. Flash has fans. We've got listeners. For our Flash TV Talk listeners, we have got a prize to give away. What? What? Yeah. So last week we were able to give away our first prize. We mentioned back in episode one that uh, our good friend of the show, Chad Rook, who played Weather Wizard in episode one, uh, has autographed a comic panel of the first meeting between Grant Gustin's Flash and his Weather Wizard. And it looks really awesome. We gave away one last week and this week we are giving away a second one. Now, as a reminder, Uh, In order to be considered for this giveaway, what you will have had to do is go onto iTunes, write us review, and then tweet us whatever your iTunes username is. Uh, That way we can kind of verify it and all that good stuff. Now, if you've already written us a review, all you have to do is let us know what the username was. And uh, if not, you still have one more week to do this. But let's go ahead and give a one away this week, shall we? Let's do it. And the winner is... Drum roll. Oh, I get to do it now. See, I sound like I sound like a Velociraptor or a Predator or something. What what happened to drum 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 drum? <laughs> I got so much flack for the drum 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 drum. I but loved I'm it anyway. <laughs> that was all about that. Okay, cool. All right, and drum. the winner. Are, are you done? Drum. Should drum, I just, uh, should, do you want me? To, do you want me to say this or not? Drum. We could always keep it, although we've already got ours. Mine's hanging up. I framed mine. Oh, nice. I got to go to the frame shop. Actually, I got a lot of stuff to frame. Yeah, it looks nice hanging up in the uh, the old studio here. All right, and the winner of this week's. Chad Rook autographed comic book panel goes to drum, Mc- drum, drum, drum. <laughs> McMerlin, aka Yay. at Scott DC twenty seven on Twitter. Congratulations, Scott! Congratulations, sir! Yeah, so this is awesome. We will be in touch with you about getting this out to your uh, uh, home or PO box or however we get that to you. But one way or the other. It is yours, sir. And don't forget, you've got one more week. So if you have not done so, head over to iTunes, write us a review, let us know on Twitter what your iTunes username is, and you will be considered for the last one of these. Uh, And uh, yeah, do it. Do it now. Indeed. Hey guys, this is Chad Rook, and you are listening to Flash TV Talk. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right. We got some great listener feedback this week. Um, first of all, we want to read, you know, we mentioned before, um, every single episode thus far, we've been getting a great little quick recap from friend of the show and actually member of the Flash TV Talk Flash family, Woo Kim. Bell, what does Woo Kim say this week? Hey guys, Flash gets better every week. I really love the Snow and Alan scenes together, and I think that these two performers have great chemistry together and possibly romance. Hmm, Robbie Amell as a, uh, did great as Ronnie. I wasn't expecting to see his character so soon. I love Snow's thing about their fire and ice. Love the flashbacks to the night of the meltdown and how everyone had different perspectives on that night. Uh, love the Pulp Fiction slash Firefly objects in space scene with Barry and the Needle. Uh, I'm torn if that was my favorite scene or Joe playing the part of Jonathan Kent slash John Diggle when Barry goes back to the lab after he couldn't catch Nimbus once again. Uh, Jesse L. Martin uh, definitely bringing his A game. Uh, love Flash making his face distort so his follower wouldn't recognize him. And I think Kal-El did this in the comics as well in one version. Uh, lastly, Nimbus. Wow. I watched a lot of genre series, uh, as all of us fans have, and I kept thinking with the smoke effect, you couldn't have done that 10 years ago on Heroes and Smallville. And look how far we've come. Oh, big time. Episode rating, 5 out of 5. Can't wait for next week. Uh, smoking hot. Oh, I mean uh, Felicity and Captain Cole. 
thanks you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i'm i'm looking forward to that we'll uh, we'll talk and, a little bit more about that and, and spoilers and, and just just so i mean because obviously i read it and you couldn't see the words but uh <laughs> woo spelled smoking s-m-o-a-k-i-n-g yeah <laughs> so thumbs up woo i love puns i love grammatical things like that awesome oh we are all about puns here Indeed we are. Yes, indeed. Also got an email in from Creator. Am I saying that right? Just Creator? Yeah, I think so. He's from Germany, so I don't know. Um, He says, hi, Bo and Bell. How are you guys? I'm Creator from Germany, uh, Berlin to be precise, and I'm enjoying your podcast since the beginning of season zero. I've decided 140 characters isn't enough to express my love for the show, so I'm emailing you. I'm writing (laughs) because you seem to have missed at least one of a few hints in the pilot that are pretty big. During the flashback scene where you see the yellow blur surrounding Barry's mom, we also see a separate red blur. Uh, as I remember, you only talked about the yellow one. He's right. He also... Well, see, I, oh, I, I'll, I'll finish. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in later. Yeah. Okay. He also points out, because it is connected, that uh, now that the next one is a little bit trickier uh, to catch, but if I don't think that I'm on my own in seeing this, when Barry is struck by lightning and falls into the shelf with the chemicals... There is a blink and you miss it red blur going to the left. So what basically these uh, both of these red blurs he's pointing out uh, could be, and and I think that's probably the implication is that Barry Allen is going. You know, this is not just the reverse flash that we're seeing in this moments. This is also Barry Allen. Now this is kind of spoilery if they decide to go down this route, but in the Flashpoint storyline, uh, Barry Allen does chase. Uh, the reverse flash back in time in an attempt to save his mother from being killed by him. Yeah. And, and I thought it was really interesting though, talking about the yellow and red flash surrounding Barry's mom. Uh, at first when I, cause you know, you look at the, the reverse flash's outfit, it's yellow and red. And I just assumed that it's primarily yellow and we're seeing some red of the costume flashing around. Right. But I think creator's got a point. I think, you know, it could be them fighting. Yes. Like, super speed fighting which which i'm super excited about because breakdance fighting from zoolander was awesome and i think super speed fighting is not going to be nearly as goofy as breakdance fighting but i just want to see the word super speed fighting or something that would be pretty cool no i I think that um i think there might be something to this one way or the other if they if they decide to do a storyline that that ends up you know, being that they've definitely set themselves up. I, I was with you, Bell. I think that before when I saw these uh, these flashes of red, especially in the um, uh, the the Nora Allen murder scene, I was under the assumption that this was just part of you know kind of the the red yellow color scheme that was the reverse flash. But let me put it this way: we have no reason to assume that this reverse flash will have any red in his costume, or or if so, what how much red that'll be. They may decide to go on a completely different route. We might undress that a little bit more in spoilers. And Creator goes on, Even though I happen to know about Flashpoint and Rebirth, I haven't read any of them yet. In fact, I'm going to start with Crisis of on Infinite Earths right after sending this email. Well, I guess that's it for now. Tell me what you, th- you guys think. Regards, Creator. Creator, man, thank you so much for your email. Wonderful thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. We love it when you guys help us uh, identify things that we missed because it just helps us, like, create more cool speculations and things so you know send in that feedback and uh you know keep us on our toes yeah absolutely so really really good stuff you know there's a lot of great ways to uh, interact with us and send us all of your different thoughts and theories you can of course follow us on twitter we're at flash tv talk 
And if 140 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podastery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. Uh, also, be sure to check out our parent show, Panel to Screen, where this week we talk about the live-action Static Shock, along with lots of other comic book news, so be sure to give it a listen. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. You know, we want to give a big shout-out to our Flash TV Talk, Flash family. Talk about Mike H. Schmidt, who does our outro music. You can find more of his music at SoundCloud.com slash Mike H. Schmidt. Uh, and also, of course, Wu Kim, who we mentioned earlier in the program, who helps us out with our show notes every single week. We could not do that without you guys. So... Stick around after the outro music for spoilers on next week's episode, but if you don't want to be spoiled, don't worry. We'll be back in a flash. Spoilers this week. Episode 4, Going Rogue. Felicity Smoke is joining the uh, the Team Flash, leaving Team Arrow for an episode and uh, coming in to help Barry as he's dealing with the struggles of having a superhero crime-fighting team, something that Felicity is going to know a lot about. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where I'm sure it's a difficult transition to go <laughs> from a normal life to CSI to this covert crime-fighting league. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Dude, from what we've seen in the previews, I'm really excited. Felicity brings a certain something with her, and uh, and so I'm really happy to see. I think that she's going to fit this universe so very well that it's going to be painful when she leaves. You know, I talked earlier this episode that one of my, maybe one of my problems with Vibe is that he's not Felicity, and, and I, I think that this show needs somebody like that. And I mean, he's he's upbeat, which makes him a little bit more Felicity esque. She tends to even you know, even though they're in the you know grittiest, grimiest of situations, Felicity seems to you know have a zinger or something that kind of adds a level of of uh, of lightness to a scenario. And in this team, that's what vibe I think is supposed to be. But he's just too, I don't know, not Felicity. He's just he's too childish, perhaps. Yeah, a little 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 more mature. And so that's that's the thing. I, I think that when she when she comes on, you're gonna see why that character is so special. And when she leaves, I think it's gonna it's gonna be a painful thing. It's gonna be one of those things where it's like I kind of hope they have a big falling out on Arrow, and she comes to join Barry. Yeah, they're gonna put they're gonna put chocolate on your peanut butter, and then they're gonna scoop all the chocolate away after you got a, a bite of it, and then you just got peanut butter again, which is still good and healthy. But, but- by itself, it's just kind of like. Unless you got some like some, some like milk or something to drink, it's like all you know. You're like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> not not that the Flash is supposed to be peanut butter without milk, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah. Of course, the other big spoiler is that this is the episode where Prison Breaks. Uh, Wentworth Miller will be coming on board as Leonard Snart, aka Captain Cold. And from what we've seen from those previews, it looks epic, dude. I am more stoked about Captain Cold than I am about any other rogue out there. Yeah, I'm super excited about this episode. Again, my DVR kind of screwed me and uh, cut off like the last couple seconds of the preview, but I did get to see good old Leonard, and I'm just super excited because the dude he looks cool. He just he like he just just watching him on screen, he just looks calm, cool, and collected. And he's freaking and, wearing the parka, man, and he's pulling yeah, he's it got off. A parka. He's got the gun, the glasses, and- the goggles. I don't like the goggles, I'll be honest. Oh, I love the goggles, man. I think that they work really, really well for this universe. I, I kind of wish 
And yeah, sure, it doesn't make sense to wear like those Arctic goggles that Captain Cold wears in a city that's not in the Arctic, and you don't have to worry about snow blindness. But at the same time, that's like classic cold to me. I'll tell you this, man. I, I'm not really into the cosplay thing myself, but if I was, I would totally cosplay this Captain Cold. Yeah, I could see that. Awesome. So I'm really stoked about it. Love the uh, what we've seen from the cold gun and the way that it's all coming together. Uh, I, this has, as much as I really loved this episode, I have a feeling it's going to be leapfrogged by this one. I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, the combination of Felicity and one of my favorite comic book villains of all time, Captain Cold. Uh, it's just going to be, it's going to be a blast, dude. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. One last thing, since we mentioned it during the show, you know, if, if, I mean, we've already talked about it, but the reverse flash, we've seen the, uh, the images. And of course he is wearing yellow and black and not the traditional yellow and red, which is why I think that, um, creators theories that we might have actually seen Barry as opposed to just the, uh, you know, maybe it just being the reverse flash. I think maybe that has some legs considering all things. So, so you think they're going full flashpoint? I think, I think at some point they very well may. I mean, we may even get a flashpoint style universe for think about this, man. What if they do a flashpoint universe for like an entire season three or something like that, where Barry goes back at the end of a season and you know, like he goes to chase, H.G. Wells or, or whoever Eobarthon is, which, of course, we, we believe is, uh, is, is H.G. What if he ends the season finale chasing him back in time? And when we come back the next season, we end up with a Barry waking up in a universe that he doesn't recognize. And for like perhaps even, you know, maybe half a season, but maybe even the full season, it's Barry in a Flashpoint style universe where they could get away with anything. Anything. Dude, that'd be awesome. That would be so awesome. Thomas freaking Wayne is Batman. Like they could do all kinds of stuff. In if if they went that direction in storytelling, and I got to tell you, man, this team both can and would try to do something that ambitious. Oh yeah, and like that's the thing is like you know, there's stipulations saying that we won't see Bruce Wayne as Batman on TV. There ain't nothing about Thomas Wayne. Nobody said it. Nobody said Thomas Wayne ain't Batman. That we're not going to see that on TV. That would be amazing. And also, CW, if you're looking for a uh, Thomas Wayne, uh, my father's a doctor, so I uh, am a perfect choice. Uh, because I know some medical terms. Stick to Gorilla Grodd, man. I think you're. <laughs> I, think that's, I think you'll have a little bit of a better chance at that. One. <laughs> All right, yeah, man. Yeah, I'd have to get like totally yoked and stuff, and I just, I just don't see that happening. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that's it with for this week's spoilers. Uh, sure it is. For more Flashtastic awesomeness, tune in next week to Flash TV Talk. Flashtastic outro. Copyright Matt SC. A member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit pottery.com.